Founded in 1854, the British Journal of Photography is one of the oldest photography periodicals. It has played a significant role in documenting the history of photography and sharing news and advancements in the field. Welcome to The Long Roll. I want to welcome everyone to this week's Long Roll Podcast. For this episode, I'm going to be sitting down with Janique when we're going to be discussing everything August photo news world reviews, articles, gee whiz, things that came out that we all see come across our social media streams and feeds, but we don't necessarily have the time to click on it because we're busy working, paying the bills, whatever we're doing. So I think this is a fun opportunity uh, for us to pick a handful of things out for the month of August and and chat about it, give our opinions. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, let us know. But I'll go ahead and have all the links to everything we discuss in the podcast description so it'll be there for you to explore to its full capacity. But other than that, um, I'm going to stop rambling and we'll go ahead and jump into it and let's cover the photo news. Awesome. And definitely welcome, you know, Janiqua for joining me today in this new experiment or an experience, you know, we're going to try to share with the rest of the the long roll podcast world and all the listeners out there into what is news? What is photography news? (laughs) (laughs) So again, I know I'm probably going to do an intro for this. uh, And so it, Definitely, this is something new that we're going to try out, but it's an idea for almost how the podcast came to be, which is curiosity. It's we're curious in how people have lived their lives and achieved the things they have in this field that we are all passionate and that we love. And but it's something that we're also with this, we're all connected to that we see all over social media and all throughout of like our growth and our careers. Um, we see articles or we see camera releases or we see tips and tricks and we've all been impacted by them in different ways. And uh, as we live our busy lives in this high octane society we're in, um, sometimes we don't really have the time to click those links and read those articles. And so I know I threw some stuff for us together to chat about and almost like in this month's news in the photo world. Yes. So I'm excited for this. I will put a disclaimer up front. I am probably the least qualified person (laughs) to talk gear or specs. I just have never been. I'm I'm a terrible student in that way. I've never been very passionate about that. So, uh, but I do have opinions. I do have opinions and I I will try. Um, I've just, my, the Air Force has sponsored so much of my journey. I've never had to worry (laughs) about gear or, or tech. I've just had to worry about story. So I will do my best. Yeah. Well, the beauty is I feel like 90% of this is done for us, right? And like there, we're essentially pulling in articles and opinion pieces and releases that people have already done the heavy lifting on. And again, something, if this is something you're interested in after you hear us bantering back and forth and you want to look more into yourself to see if we even articulate it, right? We'll have the links in the description for all the articles and topics we discuss uh, for you to explore completely yourself. Uh, Maybe we sold it to you and it actually becomes something compelling when before you would have been like, not today, Satan. 
Um, and so, but yeah, again, it's, we're going to have fun with it. And that, I think that's more the point. We're going to read some news. We're going to entertain and educate. And at the same time, like what are our opinions? And it's almost better, like not really knowing much of anything because you're going to be even more honest, <laughs> I feel <laughs> in your responses. But I think something I feel we'll both feel is important, uh, especially with the community that we're directly associated with is the Eddie Adams workshop and, uh, the B and H. Uh, is hosting their 50th anniversary celebration and the Build Expo. And specifically, it's going to be on September 6th and 7th in New York City, I think at the Javits Center, um, to where they want you to explore the latest in photography, video, and audio tech. Uh, they have, they're going to have enjoying and joyful, insightful presentations, expert-led educational sessions, photo walkabouts, which I know we know this from the DOD workshops. We have Chip Mori, who he's, he's grabbing, he's grabbing all these young military photographers and like, let's go on a walkabout, grab your camera. And then the first thing you walk out into a parking lot, he's like, what do you see? You know, and then he's showing you random, random photos and stuff to try to get the world, get you to look at the world a little bit differently. And I feel like that's almost the theme that they're going to have with all these experts. I know uh, the incredible lead sponsor for the Eddie Adams Workshop, Canon, is going to have a couple experts um, leading these walkabouts in different niches. Um, I think it's like uh, looking at different locations or things like that, applying it to commercial work or maybe even fashion or photojournalism, but definitely opportunities that are going to be there for you. But specifically, what I want us to talk about real quick is uh, the Eddie Adams Workshop is actually going to be hosting um, a panel uh, where it's titled The Perfect Pitch, where you're going to be able to answer that age-old question of what is the perfect pitch? And it's something to where I know, like talking to you and other people on the Long Roll podcast, where whether it's commercial work or journalism work, where they're trying to get their own long-term project approved by someone to fund, it's like, what did, how'd you get that pitch approved? And a lot of times, you know, what we hear is like, I just threw stuff together and they believed in me. Yeah, you know, and but again, we have a lot of incredible, uh, insightful, knowledgeable leaders within our industry there. I know a, a lot of people with the workshop that have been to the webinars are going to be familiar with India Bill, uh, visual artist, curator and educator. They're going to have Denise Kennan. She is the director of photography and video at the Philadelphia Enquirer. Again, if you've been to a lot of our webinars, Elizabeth Christ, uh, co-founder of the Visual Thinking Collective. We have uh, Oliver Laurent. He is the senior photo assignment editor for the Washington Post. We have Kurt Mitchler. He is the editor at large, National Geographic. And again, we have the moderator and who we all love and know, Sarah Lean, co-founder of Visual Thinking Collective. And then I think she was the first female a photo director for NetGeo. And again, don't kill me if I got that title wrong, but I know it was at the top and she was the first. And again, all incredible people on this panel, an incredible moderator. And what do you feel about the pitch? Because I know we don't really, I actually, we do use it a lot in the Air Force as we become more educated with like with the process and like convincing our bosses to do stuff. How do you feel about this panel and this opportunity? 
I mean, I feel like it's a great opportunity, especially for those who like are unfamiliar with that kind of process or have kind of been like never really had a resource to peek behind the curtain a bit. I know for military photographers, it's a bit different, but you can take tips and tricks from all of those things because they overlap in a way. So just because we don't have to like ask for a grant to go and take photos, we still have to ask for TDY funds. Mm -hmm. We still have to ask for for money for that or, you know, even trying to get somebody to understand like the concept behind the idea or why to shoot something that way or why to send somebody to go and do an assignment that way. So I think it's definitely valuable for all walks of life, just because like also curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, and then these are some big name peoples who have been able to accomplish some amazing things. Right. So I think, you know, it's worth checking out. Definitely, seeing, <laughs> you know, what, what, uh, what you can take from it, what applies and what doesn't. So definitely. Well, I'll be there. Uh, I know I'll be either at the booth or maybe I'll have the opportunity to watch him speak. If I don't have Miriam there holding me down, shaking hands, kissing babies and telling people about our incredible workshop that happens once a year uh, in New York. And so let's jump into other news that for me, I was finding interesting because, again, it's like as these articles pop up, we sort of associate with them in different ways. But I feel like with this first one, it, it connects with all of us. And it's something that we see pop up time and time again. And depending on the level or our part, the path we're on in life when it comes to being a photographer, we're going to, I think, look at these articles a little bit differently. And so for the first one, it's uh, what camera lens uh, should a beginner buy? And uh, the article essentially says it provides um, like an overview of the different focal lengths, determines the level of zoom, the higher numbers that represent uh, just all the technical aspects of sort of breaking down what these lenses are going to do, depending on if it's a zoom lens or a wide angle lens or a macro lens. And then uh, it goes into influence you based off of the camera sensor size. Uh, the diameter, the weight, and then it offers advice into the styles, whether it's uh, landscape, portrait, wildlife, street, macro, and it emphasizes the importance of understanding personal goals and creatively exploring the lens usage. Uh, the article also discusses options for purchasing the lens, including name brand, third party, used lenses, uh, and suggests it's even considering renting services uh, before and testing them before you purchase them. Uh, so for me, I look at these and sometimes um, I'm not the biggest fan. I think I like the intent of like, hey, beginners should buy these lenses because for this reason. But for me specifically, like we're artists and we're told as we're like starting the journey and going throughout the journey, the journey, we should uh, continually explore our expressions freely without limitations and what without necessarily someone dictating where like the out of bounds are. And so when uh, someone's saying like, use this for wildlife, like just use this lens for wildlife, a telephoto lens so you can get these things or um, just use, you know, a 50 millimeter lens for journalism and telling stories. I think when you're telling that to a beginner, you're almost in a way without unknowingly like dictating the left and right of how they should already apply this lens before they just go and experience life uh, for itself because for me I enjoy I, I guess for example in nature photography when people are taking the macro lenses 
and they're taking bugs in their backyard and like they're getting those nice clean shots and, and nice lighting on it. And I, I look at nature in a completely different way, especially for like miniature things in nature compared to where if someone's thinking telephoto lens, they're never really going to um, have that kind of idea pop up into their head because a professional has already painted a picture for them. Um, but I, what do you think when like you go back and you were first starting and you see this list and then you look at it now? Like, how do you feel about them? So I always, I, I mean, you take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's good information. Uh, sometimes it's like, like you're saying, like it puts people in a box on what you can do with that lens. Being like a military photographer, I've seen the people who get super headstrong into the gear and what, you know, lenses are for what things or whatever. And they always kind of put themselves inside of a box and limit themselves on what they can do based on the gear that they have. And so mm -hmm. I think like, when you join um, and you go to your first PA shop, they just they give you a bag and it's got some. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's up to you to figure out like how you shoot and what your eye sees and what you can use for different things. For mm -hmm. me, I personally didn't think too critically about it. I was yeah. like the 24 to 70 covers this range and the 70 to 200 covers this <laughs> two camera bodies. And I was ready mm -hmm. to go right yeah. but at the end of the day, because I shoot um, a lot of uncontrolled action that kind of worked for me. I didn't really yeah. like have to go into the studio and think about like the framing or the distance from the subject and all these other mm -hmm. things. So I kind of got to grow in that way. So I yeah. think this like they could help give you an idea of at least what the lenses are called, what they're yeah, good yeah. for. Um, I feel like YouTube is a better place for that than right. like yeah, yeah. article. So mm -hmm. you, can, you can see the difference that the lenses make or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's again, like, it's, yeah. it's kind of dumb <laughs> to me. But. No, I, I love it. And I think you're right. I think for me, and I, that's sort of the example what I lean on. Again, everyone's different. And some people might need this because they feel overwhelmed for what's out there. Um, and But I like the idea of you get lenses in this bag and it's overwhelming, but you just start shooting. And I think that's part, part of the process as you start becoming more knowledgeable and you shoot certain things, especially if it's things you're going to shoot again and again and again, you're going to understand like the limitations of a certain lens through your experience. Uh, and, and you get to start dictating how you sort of exercise them to their maximum ability. Uh, and then you also find ones like, ooh, that didn't work for that. But again, I feel like it's important because you're figuring it out for yourself instead of someone else telling you and you never really exploring that as an option. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess I sort of like that freedom of expression without limitation. I guess it's sort of I'm relying on for my my opinion in this. Yeah, And I also think like it's, you know, people kind of get caught up on like what the right <clears throat> answer is, like what yeah. is this lens for? What do you uh -huh. use it for? It's also important to know like why that won't work for you, right? Like why yeah. I don't need to bring that or why that's not going to you know, mm -hmm. do what I needed to do or where I'm more comfortable. Cause at the, you can, people have been telling me, you know, shoot, shoot your portraits with an 85. I'm not comfortable. Like, because the zoom, you know, has, has kind of yeah. crippled me in that <clears throat> way. Um, and being yeah. able to like back up when I need to with the 20 mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would definitely have to explore that before I'm comfortable taking it on a shoot where it matters. So. Yeah. Well, it's probably, I probably told you that. So I apologize. <laughs> but you're not wrong. It's a beautiful picture. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to mm -hmm. panic. <laughs> right. right. You know, you know, I don't blame you. You know, it's all about efficiency <laughs> to get the shot. And so uh, moving on into why does it even matter news? Um, we have renowned photographer Cindy Sherman is known for her unconventional self-portraits. Uh, she's recently delved into the realm of AI 
She's been using uh, the Lenza app and posting AI-generated selfies this last year or this year, experimenting on how AI manipulates images. She's engaged with the face tuning app and diverse, uh, diverse versions of herself. And she's really just been putting them online. And she's putting them on social media. And she intended these creations as playful experiments and sharing them on Instagram. Uh, but it sparked a lot of backlash. And the accusations of presenting new work prematurely uh, is, you know, where people, are, I guess, are defending their opinions on being angry with her. And she defended herself uh, by likening it to a sketchbook and emphasizing it's her curiosity about what AI can do and its reflective properties and um, yeah, and she's just exploring her expressive, you know, creativity. And, and so, um, before I share my opinion, like, what do you feel one? I like, I, again, I don't know Cindy Sherman and, uh, like no offense to you. And so like, now I'm, I'm going to find out more about you, which is great. Cause I'm gonna learn something new, but why do people care if, if Cindy Sherman is sharing AI pictures on her Instagram? Right. And that's the whole thing is like, it's it's like the the back and forth between like when you put something like this podcast, right, we put it mm. into the public sphere. And now we have to deal with whoever's opinions on how educated <laughs> yeah. I am about photography, and why the hell am I on this podcast, right? So once you put it out there, it's out there, and people will react, right. But then the other side is like, she's not presenting it as if this is her own work. Right. Yeah. She's mm -hmm. kind of like having fun on Instagram, but because she happens to be a self-portrait photographer, people get offended. I feel like yeah. it's stupid. Uh, I feel like a lot of people <laughs> are stupid, but I feel like yeah. this is just like unnecessary drama. Yeah. Almost like I think if I were more famous or a public figure, I'm not sure that I would address it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it depends on how seriously you <clears> take it throwing dirt on your name or what you do or your profession or whatever. Right. I think Cindy, do you, you know, just tell the haters to back off <laughs> to take a chill pill, leave you alone. And I guess continue with your, with your Linza app work. <laughs> you, know, Lin, you know, Cindy, Cindy, you know, you have a free invite, you know, for next month mm -hmm. uh, to come defend uh, again, just exploring your creativity and your expression of finding something new. Like right. we get to a point, especially if you're looked at as a, as a, me a subject matter expert in this field expect in something niche <clears throat> it gets to the point where you know like 99 of it can you still learn stuff along the way yes anyone will say that and you can but it becomes further and further in between and harder and harder to find like learning these new things and so when you have the opportunity to do something new that excites you the last thing that you're sort of anticipating is for people to come in and be like you shouldn't be doing that. Like, that's a horrible idea. That's like, I'm upset with you. Like that's, right. it's weird. It's weird. And so, and for me, I think context matters and to where let's say, yeah, she, if she was presenting this work as original self-created, not made by AI. And like that narrative was sort of put out there where she was painting a different picture to where mm -hmm. she was lying to you and misleading you. I could understand <clears throat> yeah, being upset with that, especially if you look up to her, but um, just even sharing it with no context at all like on a social media platform where you're not paying money you know for an authentic original piece uh is weird and i think yeah i i would like to find individuals like that and help uh find like hobbies 
and and suffer them to do more with their time and uh <laughs> and not again not to bully them but i feel like you're if you have that energy you know for for cindy i feel like you have energy for other constructive things in your life which right. will, you know, will help yourself and help those around you but anyways I thought that was Wait, interesting. Hold on, real quick. I think my cat locked himself in the bathroom. Give okay. me a second. Okay. <laughs> He's too curious. Too curious for his own. Beautiful. Day. I love it. <laughs> uh, and so I'm definitely gonna leave the cat being locked in the bathroom as part of this for sure. One hundred percent. And so going into uh, our next fun bit of information of uh, oh shit, um, essentially uh, tick, your TikTok searches will now result uh, in including ads. And so TikTok is preparing to integrate advertisements into the search results, allowing branded content to appear alongside regular videos when the users search within the app. This move comes as TikTok announces that advertisers can now use <clears throat> the search ads toggle to feature ads within the search function. So without like really rambling on about the article, it looks like advertisers are now going to have a function to not just specifically run ads on the platform, but now they're going to be able to specifically target you depending on where you're using, you know, the platform, whether you're just uh, digesting content or you're within the search function. And I get maybe, you know, I don't know what the future looks like. Maybe they're going to be in your inbox or in your comment section. But what do you feel about this for TikTok's introduction of ads and search results? Um, as it is, I guess it was, uh, and what they shared too, um, it was implemented within Meta's uh, Instagram search results, demonstrating a broader trend of incorporating advertising in various parts of social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because like <clears throat> the way the way people tend to use TikTok is very different from how we use other social media platforms. Like um, TikTok is known for having pockets of communities, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> In order to know what people feel about certain things, you tend to search that community of TikTok. So I just can't imagine typing in disability TikTok and then getting an advertisement for a wheelchair. Like, I, I <laughs> right? Yeah. That, that part is kind of, I don't know how that's going to work or how that's going to go. But I also think like, I'm not trying to get super preachy here or whatever, but mm -hmm. it goes back to like, um, these things don't have to happen, right? Yeah. The European Union puts in rules that protect their consumers from ads. They, they protect their consumers from, you know, being able to, like, I, th I was hearing a story this morning that was talking about how they have a new um, law that's going to be able to have you individually control what shows up when you Google yourself online. Right. Yeah, Which wow, is like, we cool. think it's out of control. Like once yeah. it's out there, it's out there and there's nothing. Yeah. You can do. But the world doesn't have to be that way. You can yeah. put in laws to stop people from doing that. Right. So like they could stop ads <laughs> from being run on TikTok in that way. Right. Um, money is gonna override every single time yeah all the decision making for like yeah for me i feel and i want to share a frustration here i feel it's harder to find where the spam phone numbers are calling me from than it is to google myself and my identity and my family tree like why, why is it close to impossible when i just copy and paste a phone number you know into there to where they know it's spam they know it's coming from a company uh that you know isn't there to help me in any which way um but again and it won't show me that and but if i go put in chris griffin i don't even have to be specific they're like oh you mean yourself okay let me show you every your social do you need that all right just give me your middle name and we'll, we'll go ahead and give you that as well and so um for 
for this, I think you're absolutely right. I think it all comes down um, to money and it's a capitalist society. And for them, it's they have to ask themselves, what is the cost of entry that um, our consumer is willing to pay and not leave the platform? And so right now they feel so strongly that, you know, ads aren't going to make people leave uh, TikTok. Uh, mm -hmm and they're going to put up with it which ultimately is going to make them more money but i think if they see a dip and time spent on which means ad advertisers spending less money because they're getting less returns to justify spending the money on the platform you're going to see a shift uh you yeah. know back to the model and i think yeah that's a fair that's a fair uh i guess uh insight or uh i can't even think of it. I just had a brain fart, but that's that's a fair perception. Uh, yeah. I think what's ultimately how this is all going to play out, and um, I would say for myself, yeah, it would be weird if I'm on there and I'm, you know, looking up. Uh, maybe I'm just looking up stuff from like my dog, my English bull terrier. Then all of a sudden, um, you know, it's showing me stuff for vets or and pills and things like that that um, don't necessarily, you know not what I'm there for. And it's just a waste of my time. Google, like it, it gets, it's super interesting, especially like when you think about maps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like, we don't think about it as like surveillance and stuff. Right. Like, my dad, he had put uh, some stairs on, on a garage, right? And I guess it skipped the permit process or something like that. And how they found out that there were, cause it's a fenced in mm -hmm. backyard. So how yeah. they found out that the stairs were there, I have no idea, right? Yeah. But I didn't know until like, I think I was like going over their house or something. Mm -hmm. And I went on Google or whatever to get the address and plot out the route or whatever. And noticed that they had updated the pictures of the backyard, right? Yeah. On Google Maps. And yeah. so I'm looking and I'm like, where the hell did the stairs go? Right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Like, it's nuts. It's nuts. No, it's one too. And again, not to go too far down the, the rabbit hole with like surveillance. It's like we know with on uh, TikTok, uh, government phones, official government phones aren't allowed that. It's restricted. You're not allowed to do that. But like, for instance, in our daily life, service members can still have it on their phone. And mm -hmm. so you're still bringing it into work and you're still having conversations, you know, as long as you're not in restricted areas where phones aren't allowed, and you're still talking about work and all these different things. And so I know we, this has happened to all of us. And we feel like it's, you know, uh, because they were told it's illegal and not allowed, we think it's all coincidence. But for instance, um, I know I was speaking with some people in the office uh, just this last week, and we're talking about there's this new AI that you could use to help generate you uh, complete your performance reports that you have to do. And um, this, you know, some of the people in the conversation, we don't follow each other on social media. Uh, I don't have their phone number in my phone. Um, and they didn't know anything about this AI that I shared with them. Um, but they went home and later that night, um, that specific AI TikTok, you know, uh, video popped up for them. And again, mm -hmm. it wasn't even stuff they searched before. It's not the kind of content they consumed, but it's like the, the phone's always listening and there's always like this thing to where, uh, what are we willing to give away? Cause we'll have this conversation, like uh, what are you willing to give up for this means of efficiency or entertainment or you know, whatever's being offered to us essentially for free uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to money. Uh, but then, but it's not free in the sense of our privacy and everything else. And so I know that's a, a rabbit hole we don't need to go down today, but I, that's something I want to share because you talk about surveillance and that sort of popped up associated like TikTok stuff. 
for me, it's like, it's just the convenience, right? Like if mm -hmm. I think about yeah. going off the grid mm -hmm. and stuff like that, yeah. I can't check my bank account. Like yeah. I have to go physically and the thought of leaving my house mm -hmm. that many times is exhausting, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. just, no, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna let you, unplugged. I'm gonna let you listen to me brush my teeth. You know, if I'm like, you're going to tell me the top places uh, that have the best sandwiches in Baltimore, Maryland, right, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Exactly. I'm okay with that. Cause I'm, I never would have found about them before and right. I probably missed out on an incredible Ruben. Right. Uh, exactly. any <laughs> so I'm moving on to the next thing and who doesn't like free uh, Google rolls out uh, brand new editing tools for the web. So Google Photos has launched a redesigned web-based photo editor offering enhanced editing features for the Mac and PC. So don't be shamed PC users um, by Mac and Apple people. Google feels about both equally, you're equal in their hearts. Uh, the new suggestions tab include a preset color options, fine image adjustments, improved aspect ratio tools. The update aligns the web editor's capabilities with those uh, of mobile apps, providing users with consistent editing experiences. The redesign aspect ratio tool offers various options such as free, original, square, all those fun things. Additionally, the adjust tab displays sliders in a single sequence accompanied by familiar icons that you'd see on mobile apps. The filters tab has been moved to the last position. I don't know why. Uh, I definitely, I know I love my filters. Um, and the update follows a recent introduction of the memories view, which uses AI to label photos for easier reminiscing and sharing. So we all love our nostalgia and reminiscing and uh, procrastinating getting work done. So Google thanks for advocating that because my boss is going to love me. Uh, however, the dynamic option in the new editor is exclusive to Google One subscribers. So if you want that tool, I'm after Google what that even means or is, uh, and you know maybe I'll subscribe, but the likelihood is not. So what do you think of this? You know, again, we're constantly giving all of these free things to make our life more efficient. Uh, have you ever used any of this photo editing stuff in the web before? I have not. Um, pretty much, like <laughs> I was telling somebody this the other day. I I use everything like like not how it's supposed to be used. So, <laughs> Instagram is really just an archiving tool for me, yeah. and that's why I post so like sporadically. Mm -hmm. If I get a meal that I really want to remember, I'll take a picture of it and post it on my Instagram. But it's just yeah. so that it shows up in my year in review. Yeah, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. I don't care. And that's why oftentimes when people comment and stuff like that, it takes me two or three weeks. To to respond because I'm not on there for that. <laughs> it's really just an archiving tool. And I, I realized I could use my camera roll, but I how often do I really, I really use yeah. my camera roll for all my memes. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I really, I don't use anything the way it's supposed to go. Like it's just, it's yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, accessibility, this makes it more accessible to people. Right. So I guess that's a good thing, you know? For all, yeah, for all the, I mean, the new photographers that are out there, you know, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, maybe you just don't have the money because you spent it on that brand new lens that they told you to go out and buy. You don't have the money to buy the software. Google has your back, you know, and now you know, and just click the link, read the story, and they'll point you in the direction. But again, if you want that dynamic option, you're going to have to subscribe to Google One. So but ho hopefully Google One is cheaper than whatever Photoshop you know, is running what, nowadays. You know, exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, Photoshop, that's a whole different beast. I know <laughs> they got, they definitely, there was a lot of criticism with them, but I think with their implementation with AI and autofill 
features, which has blown a lot of people away, especially because of the world we live on uh, with social media now and quick content for people to consume, um, you know, it definitely helped, I think, revitalize a lot of what people think uh, yeah. what they have to offer and what it costs. Um, so in other news, and this felt big for like 24 hours, uh, Meta rolls out its widely anticipated desktop version of threads. And so first off, I don't know who is anticipating this. I'd love to meet some of y'all. Go ahead and DM, you know, and let me know if this is something specifically you were looking for in the 48 hours everyone was using threads. Um, but Meta is launching a web version of threads, a text for a social a social media platform. So again, it's like when you're creating something, and I know I'm going off on a tangent, a lot of times you're like providing a solution to a problem. But like, I know not everyone loves X and or, um, and not everyone even loves meta, you know, and there, it has its things. But when it's sort of established to where that's where 99% of society is like using this thing, like this doesn't really look like a disruptor to me because you're not offering anything unique that separates itself other than just replicating, you know, because you want to be an like an asshole, like, I, you know what I mean? And so, but threads gradually rolled out, uh, it will gradually roll this out. Initially, users will be able to post, view their feed, interact with posts. Um, threads team plans to add more functionality in the upcoming weeks. Originally, as seen as potential to rival Twitter, uh, rival it's not called Twitter anymore, but uh, X, rapid experience growth of 100 million users, which again is misleading because they sort of forced you uh, to sign up. And uh, the introduction for the web version is expected to address users' requests for additional features and enhance threads competitiveness against platforms like Twitter. I don't know if there's, I mean, I know there's other ones out there, but um, this move will also make threads more versatile for brands, companies, and advertisers and journalists. Well, first I want to share, um, uh, that like, one, I don't think anyone asked for this. And two, it's almost frustrating that it's similar to what they did with Instagram. Like even Instagram now, it's a lot better. But for years and years, it's like, you can do everything from your phone, but you, if you go to your desktop, you can like and comment. I'm like, but I can't upload a picture. Right. I can't like do, I can't do any basic functionality, which to me, it doesn't seem like it should take a rocket scientist to create an algorithm to what other people are, are like Flickr will let me do. And it's been existence for, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, and again, like you have some of the smartest minds. I'm not, I'm not crapping on the tech people designing these things because they're just telling them what they're, they're just doing what their bosses tell them to do. And I understand, yes, when you have a system to where there's so much running on it and so many moving parts, I get that. But these are basic, in my opinion, these are basic features. There's nothing unique that hasn't already existed for at least the last 10, 20 years from what they're saying they're going to implement to help uh, be more versatile for brands, companies, and advertisers. And we also know, too, 90% of everything is done on our phones. So... But I, I guess I would like your opinion on this. Um, obviously, I'm very passionate and optimistic for Threads because it's been on my uh, countdown. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it's like uh, I stayed on Threads long enough to know that the picture quality is better than Instagram. Uh, so that's that's mm -hmm. pretty much all I know about it. And so from there, like it's my question is just like what is the intention of threads like what is it going to be for is it going to be like a photography community kind of like the way instagram has like that huge pocket of photographers yeah um or like because it's not 
in all reality, no matter what Twitter or X changes its name to, no as to it. <laughs> I love the vitriol. I love being able to <laughs> troll and attack yeah. people on my sweet secret X account. Like I like I like the <laughs> that is there. I like how we're all toxic about the same things. And for me, like if if threads is gonna be a more positive place, I'm kinda not interested. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, I too, it's like, to be toxic with my friends. <laughs> just... you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you're going to be punished for being yourself. And right. again, it's like society and culture has told us like on these platforms, you know, this is what you need to do to decompress after a long day, but don't, don't do it here. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it's, it's weird because um, it's almost, they want the people to come in and sort of dick. They're trying to tell you too, like, Hey, this is what it's for, but they're almost waiting again for like enough of the volume or the collective of people using it to dictate like its purpose. And right. I feel like, um, that's a recipe for failure. Um, because again, it's like you, there is no difference between, in my opinion, that I see between threads and X or Twitter. Um, and so, because you're limiting how much in text I can put on there, you're limiting, you know, all this stuff I can put on there and you want these conversations to happen. But um, from what I've seen initially and the first 24, 72 hours, there was a lot of conversations on because it was brand new. It popped up, you know, on your Instagram, um, if you didn't, uh, you know, and then it told you to download an app. And so you're just curious, but then once you're in there and you see like, oh, I'm like this is familiar. And my first, like, psychological thought isn't I'm going to stay here because I enjoy this like I already have I already have this somewhere else and now I feel like now you're making me start from scratch you know to bring all these people over here to now have the same conversation uh I just I don't get it and maybe I will one day and maybe I'll be wrong and you know I enjoy those scenarios too but I would say uh meta Instagram threads um you know good luck but it's also that like you have a completely like my TikTok personality, and my <laughs> right. Instagram personality, mm -hmm. and my Twitter personality yeah. are three different people, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, mm -hmm. To bring people from Instagram into Threads, but expect me to use it like Twitter, they they're not gonna like who yeah. who's there. Like, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not mm -hmm. my regular it, it's my regular persona, a piece of it, but it's definitely more less forgiving, less yeah. patient. Uh, yeah. more toxic with friends so I just yeah. I don't see it because we've all like carefully constructed the images and the communities that we have on these different mm -hmm. platforms right so, I mean if it's good it's just another thing that you'll have to then build a persona for yeah and I think most people are like three, three is three four is enough like it's enough. yeah and I guess and again the, my last little uh soapbox thing and I maybe I'm so passionate about this because like I manage social media accounts, like for the workshop. And then yeah, we all have our own collectively. And uh, when you manage a social media and marketing for an organization, a business, whatever, whether you're a mom and pops, now it's like this other platform you have to have and you have to maintain and invest time into. And then it's like, you know, what's the payoff? Mm -hmm. You know, but you have to do it. You have to do it because like, yeah, they're like, this is this thing. And then you have articles come out like this that continue to validate its existence. I'm like, yeah. just don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. It will go away. Uh, TikTok ads in the search will go away. You know, if you spend a little less time in the search bar uh, and, you know, and we'll all be happy because there's no problems outside of that in life in the world. Nothing. Uh, nothing to be worried about. <laughs> 
there's no fires anywhere nothing's nothing's going on and and so uh and so the last thing i want to bring up that we can definitely chat from month to month is uh what are this month's uh camera releases and i didn't find much but the only one i did find is the sony a6700 um and again i'm you know, when it comes to technology and, this, and cameras now, I feel like, you know, we're at a p- part to where the technology exceeds the capacity uh, to where it's going to restrict your creativity. And I feel like we we're there years ago. You know, can it make stuff more efficient and better and high quality? Sure. But we're at the point now where it's like, you know, I... um I just need to get to the grocery store. I can do that, you know, in my Prius. I can do that. I don't need a Corvette. You know, I don't need a, you know, a supercharger. Would it be, is it nice? Sure. But I don't need it to get me to the grocery store. But for this, I think it's great. I love Sony cameras. I love all cameras. Um, But let's, I'll go over the stats. Um, And it has a 26 megapixel XMAR RAPSC BSI CMOS sensor. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I have Uh, no idea. That that was an intern. An intern came up with that. Uh, Bion's XR image processor, which again, um, I sure. Um, UHD 4K 120, FHD 240, why we um, in 10-bit, which is great for all those cinephiles and professional video people out there. Uh, photo people aren't going to care about that. Uh, up to 11 frames per second shooting, an ISO up to 32,000. Uh, five axis pixel level image stabilization. That I mean, I care about that because I mean, yeah. as I get older and I get shakier hands, or if I have too much coffee, everything's coming in sharp. The coffee uh, thing is wild. Like, I was, <laughs> I was sitting at my desk yesterday, it was like, ah, yeah, you know, <laughs> but now yeah. with this five axis uh, image stabilization, not a factor. Uh, 759 point phase detection, 93% coverage, because we're going to save that hundred percent coverage for the more expensive model. The, uh, their, you know, future sponsor of the workshop, this is getting deleted. Uh, the S log three, uh, S gamut three S Centone and user LUTs, because Lord knows, you know, if, if you're using LUTs, uh, in your camera, you're definitely not going to spend the time as a professional in your editor. And internal mic inputs, USB streaming, and an LCD touchscreen, which that's cool. I mean, I think that, you know, let me, you know, let me smudge it up and smear it and not be able to see my picture clearly when I chimp. Um, So, again, that sounds very jerkish. And I think I just want to have fun with it because, like, specs are just specs. I think, you know, Sony comes out with incredible cameras. I I use the Sony personally. Uh, It's different for military work. We have Nikon. And, again, for the Eddie Adams Workshop, we have the incredible lead sponsor, Canon, uh, which have always, you know, pushed the bounds and the technologies and the cameras. Uh, and so, yeah. But other than that, I don't have really any other news. News I didn't throw in today because it's relatively new and I don't really want to jump into it for the first one. But there is the incredible photos being passed around the Internet of the president, Donald Trump, uh, you know, turning himself in. Uh, we'll just, as a society and a culture, we'll just take to social media and look at everyone's comments on that. But that didn't make it into the news for this month. <laughs> and then I think maybe that's what we'll add into the next time. We'll talk into news that didn't make it, you know, into to the episode that we get to laugh about for a second before we part ways. But uh, yeah, but I, I guess while you're here, 
uh, you know, what do you think of this? And uh, are you going to come back for next month? (laughs) If I'm invited back, I will come back. I feel like there's going to be a lot of comments about how uneducated I am on photography. They may be interested in my capitalism hot takes, though. So we'll see how that that goes. I got a lot of capitalism hot takes and a lot of hot takes on culture. So just just putting my, my resume out there. I love it. I love it. So yeah, I mean, we're going to bake more of that in next month, everyone in two. uh, Yeah, don't uh, hesitate. Uh, Reach out, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, what you'd like to hear more of next time. Maybe it's less of us, which means we have to find new people for this. Um, But yeah, other than that, we hope you enjoyed this month's news. And we'll see you here for next week's episode. And Janiqua, I'll see you later. All right. See you. Awesome. (laughs)